Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. true crime fans. I'm your host Sherry coming at you from the dark side. Today's case is fairly recent which is why it's not as long as the others. We only have so much to go on. This case took place in the winter of 2022. A 29-year-old mom disappeared one night and no one has a clue what happened to her. She was following in the car behind her ex-boyfriend when she suddenly goes around him and takes off into the night. This is episode 86, The Disappearance of Alexis Ware. This story takes place in 2022. The pandemic was over and life returned to normal after two years of an entirely different world as we knew it. There was the removal of nearly all COVID-19 restrictions and the reopening of international borders. Neil Young said he was going to remove his songs from streaming services due to Joe Rogan's comments about vaccines. Two-time Olympic gold medalist and WNBA player Brittany Griner was detained in Russia for possession of marijuana. Roe versus Wade was overturned. There was the slap heard round the world when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock during the Oscars. And lastly, Queen Elizabeth died at the age of 96. She was in Scotland at the time. Alexis Ware is 29 years old. She lives in Greenville, South Carolina with her two children. She had a nine-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son. Her son's father is a man named T.J. Patterson. Now, they were not together, but saw each other frequently, and he would take both the kids for visitation. 
Alexis has a network of support and business relations. She has a home studio where she worked as a hairstylist. Alexis looks like such a fun person and someone I'd love to be friends with. She is building a following on social media and did some modeling. Alexis is in the process of opening a boutique two hours away in Atlanta. She had started buying clothing racks and was stocking up on supplies and merchandise for the shop. She wanted to move to Atlanta and build a better life for herself and her children. She would also be closer to her brother Travis, who lives in Atlanta. She had gotten permission to break her lease, and she even got her business license. So she's right at the edge of like life-changing events, but she hadn't crossed the line just yet. Alexis's brother, Travis, told reporter Andrea Canning, quote, My big sister, Alexis, she's the life of the party. I love to say that. Anywhere she goes, she just lights up the room, first and foremost. Before she's the makeup artist, hairstylist, before any of that, she's a mother and she loves her two kids, my niece and nephew. That was her pride and joy. And so she was a mother before anything. But she truly was this, the light that shines anywhere she went. On the night of Sunday, January 30th, 2022, this day had a high temperature of 54 degrees, which is warm for January. Alexis had plans to meet her son's father at a 7-Eleven on Highway 29 in Anderson, South Carolina, and then follow him to his mother's house. He was going to take both the kids for the night. So why not just meet him at his mother's house? Well, Alexis was low on gas and didn't have much money. So TJ told her to meet him at the 7-Eleven and he would fill up her tank for her. When they each arrive at the gas station, Alexis puts the two children in TJ's car, her nine-year-old daughter and two-year-old son. He fills her tank up for her, and they both get in their cars. Now, there is surveillance at the gas station of all of this happening, but a large tanker truck was blocking a bit of it. But from what police can see, it's exactly what it seems like. There weren't any issues or drama. They each get in their respective cars afterwards and leave the gas station at 7.30 p.m. Alexis is following behind him when she suddenly hits the the gas pedal and she speeds around him and takes off in front of him. He's like, okay, I don't know what just happened here. He arrives at his mother's house expecting that Alexis beat him there, but she isn't there at all. Alexis's mother, Alberta, received a phone call from TJ, and he tells her what just happened. We were driving, and then she just takes off and goes around me, and I don't know where she went. Alberta said she spoke to her daughter through a video call just hours before, and she was at home in bed. She knew she was because she could see her daughter laying in bed, and there's pillows and stuff around her. Alberta tries to call Alexis, but it goes straight to voicemail. This is odd because Alexis is known to always answer her phone. Whether it's day or night, her phone is always right there and she will answer if you call or text no matter what. Alberta is extremely concerned because of some of the things Alexis had been telling her over the past couple days. We're going to rewind back to just a few days before this night. Alexis and her children had spent the weekend with her family at her mother's house, which was around 80 miles away. This was so that she could have a nice, relaxing weekend, but it wasn't that way at all. Alberta said her daughter wasn't acting the same, and she was not her usual self. 
Alexis's 30th birthday was two months away, and Alexis is known to go all out for her birthday each year, but she didn't seem to care. She even told her mom she likely wouldn't see her 30th birthday. Her mom is like, what are you talking about? She wouldn't elaborate on it, though. She also had been complaining to her mom about creepy men on the internet. She said she was receiving all of these gross messages from men online. Alexis had a good bit of followers and was promoting herself as a model, so you can only imagine what some of these messages were like. But she said there was one person who was constantly bothering her, calling and messaging her all the time. And when her mom asked who it was, she just referred to him as the devil. She wouldn't elaborate any further or tell her mom who he was. The worst part is that her mom asked her, well, why don't you block the number? She said, look, it's right here. And she showed her mom her blocked list. And there is the number right there. It's clearly blocked. She says, I don't know how, but this number is still calling and I have it blocked. I'm wondering if Alexis is referring to this person as the devil because of his ability to continue to call even though his number is blocked, almost like a supernatural thing. Whoever this person was called her repeatedly the day before she disappeared, and Alexis couldn't stop the number from calling even though she had it blocked. She also expressed that she believed she was being stalked and followed by a person in a black truck. She began speaking oddly, telling her mom to watch for colors and signs. Alberta said Alexis sat and cried, saying she knew something was going to happen to her, but she wouldn't say much more than that, no matter how much Alberta tried to get it out of her. Her mom didn't want her to leave to go back home because she was so concerned about Alexis's state of mind. But on Sunday morning, Alexis packed up her two kids and headed back to her apartment in Greenville. Alberta said Alexis got dressed and did her makeup and her hair. She put on lashes. Alberta said she's a grown woman and there was no way to really stop her from leaving, even though she didn't want her to. That afternoon, Alberta and Alexis video chatted and Alexis was in bed, saying she was exhausted and just wanted to get some sleep. She was in for the day and didn't have any plans. So when TJ called Alberta later that evening and said Alexis had passed him after leaving the gas station, she was surprised since she didn't think Alexis had any plans to leave the house. One odd thing was that when Alexis was at her mom's house, she said she had an appointment for Monday morning at the South Carolina Lottery. I can't find much about this. All I know is that she had told her mom she had the appointment. I don't know if she had winning tickets or not. An official missing persons report was filed on February 1st, 2022. Police get to work immediately. Luckily, it's 2022 and technology is great at this point in the world. You know, a lot of cases I tell you about, they, they don't have the technology that we have these days. Now we've got street cameras everywhere and cell phone data. You'd think it would be easy to solve this, but Alexis is not found. So we learned that Alexis's car, a cherry red 2019 Honda Accord, was spotted at an apartment complex an hour and a half after she passed TJ on the road. This apartment complex was in Anderson, South Carolina, Alberta says she doesn't know why her daughter would be there. She doesn't believe she knew anyone there and had no reason to be there. But it was spotted a couple times. Whether Alexis was driving or not, we don't know. The detectives have been very quiet about this. They won't speak much on it because it's an ongoing investigation. All they can tell us is that the car was spotted there. 
Alberta actually drove out to the apartment complex with her daughter's photo and began knocking on doors. Everyone she spoke to said they didn't recognize her and they had never seen her around there before. The following day, a major clue surfaces in the quiet town of McCormick, South Carolina, which is 50 miles south of this apartment complex in Anderson and 70 miles from the gas station Alexis had left with TJ driving in front of her. A property owner said he saw a red car sitting on his property. This area is basically just heavy woods. The car was parked on a road that wasn't even really a road. It was just an area some construction equipment had been through, and it was just enough room in the woods for a car to get into. Basically, it's hidden in the woods. But since it's this bright red car, it stood out in these dense woods. It was dirty, and it had a lot of mud on it. The property owner said the car had been there for a couple days. There's loggers in the area working, so he assumed that it belonged to one of them and didn't think anything of it. It wasn't until he saw that the police were looking for a missing woman driving a red 2019 Honda Accord that he realized he should call police. A crime scene team arrives and does an analysis on the car. Of course, Alexis's fingerprints are found all over it. Likely her children's fingerprints were there as well. I don't know if any other fingerprints have been found. Again, it's an active investigation, so police aren't saying much at all. Outside of the car, they find Alexis's black hair bonnet. She had been wearing it that night when she met TJ. What it's doing on the ground outside of her car, we don't know. Inside the car was Alexis's cell phone, her daughter's cell phone, her purse, and also those lottery tickets. Alexis's friends and family say Alexis has zero ties to McCormick, South Carolina, and have no idea why her car would have been there. She would not have driven her car into a makeshift road in the woods at night. That's just something that us women just don't do. (laughs) The McCormick County Sheriff's Office conducted a huge search. They, along with 10 other agencies, did a grid search of 222 acres around where her car was found. There were canine teams and helicopter searches, but no sign of Alexis was found. The sheriff said, quote, The Anderson County Sheriff's Office has been working diligently to find information and evidence relating to the disappearance of Alexis Ware. We are exhausting every possible avenue of inquiry on this case and will continue to work diligently until the case is solved. We are committed to finding Alexis and providing answers for her family. He went on to say that they have executed numerous search warrants and have spent countless hours combing through every detail. One month after Alexis had been missing, her family reached out to South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham and asked for his assistance in getting the FBI involved in the search. Alberta is really concerned about her bonnet being on the ground. Women don't just take them off their heads and leave them on the ground. She feels there was some kind of scuffle that took place. Women also don't leave their purse and cell phones in in their car and don't drive their cars into the dark woods late at night alone. According to NBC News, Alberta said Alexis had told her, Mom, I don't know what I would do if something happens to me and my kids are in the car with me. Alberta said Alexis did what most mothers do. She felt her life was in danger, so she separated herself from her children in order to protect them. Police went to speak with TJ. He was the last person to see her alive that we know of. According to TJ, Alexis had called him on Sunday evening as she was driving from Greenville to Anderson and told them that she was running low on gas. 
He told her if, if she had enough gas to just make it to the 7-Eleven on Highway 29, he would meet her there and fill up her tank. It was around 7 o'clock when Alexis pulled in. TJ paid for her gas, took the kids, and they both drove off. TJ did eventually get cleared as a suspect. Now, it's important to mention that TJ does allegedly have an extensive criminal history, and Alexis had accused him of alleged domestic violence in the past. Remember I told you Alexis was able to break her lease at the apartment? According to the NCB, Alexis had sent her landlord, which is her apartment complex manager, an email that she had broken up with TJ a month prior. The email reads in the bits and pieces I could find, I feel the more I stay around him, he's really going to hurt me one day. I got to leave, and I'm trying to leave fast and quietly. I need help. I'm trying to leave an abusive relationship on all levels. I wasn't strong enough then, but I'm ready now. My kids and my life are more important. So TJ has some past criminal history, and Alexis shared that she spent $50,000 of her own money to help him with legal fees and attorney fees. The apartment manager allowed her to break her lease. They had a super toxic relationship, and there's been a lot of screenshots shared around the internet where he apologized to her in text for all the bad things he's done. I dusted off my TikTok for this case and just typed in Alexis Ware, and there's literally thousands of videos of people discussing her relationship with TJ. Good for Alexis to want to get the hell away from him. I can also use this time to say that if you find yourself as a woman or a man being abused by your partner, please reach out to someone for help. Alexis was doing that, and she was taking the steps to get away. In the court of public opinion, many people on the internet seem to believe that TJ might have had something to do with Alexis disappearing. But it's hard to prove this because the night Alexis disappeared, TJ's whereabouts are accounted for. In fact, they're fully documented because TJ was wearing an ankle monitor. It showed he was at the gas station. It showed he left there and went to his mother's house with the two kids. Everywhere he told police that he was ended up checking out. According to a post on True Crime Society blog, Alexis even hugged TJ when she finished putting the kids in the car. According to Dateline, her family doesn't believe at the time of the interview that TJ had anything to do with her daughter's disappearance, but her family also feels that he knows more than what he's saying. I think it's important to reiterate that TJ has not been charged in her disappearance as of right now, which is September 2023. He was cleared by police and is not even a person of interest at this point. I spent hours combing through various social media videos and posts and comments, and my head is spinning. There are so many amateur theories with this one. A YouTube channel called Ratchet TV has multiple videos relating to Alexis Ware. Some of the amateur theories I've come across are that Alexis is in hiding, she is in witness protection, she was dabbling into black magic, which explains her telling her mom to watch for colors and signs, and also talking about the devil. I've read she owed some money to some really important people, and that's why she made an appointment at the lottery office. Pretty much anything you can come up with as a theory has been analyzed online. Some of them seem absolutely batshit crazy, but others seem believable. I really wish I wouldn't have gotten sucked down that rabbit hole. I can't imagine her family having to read all of that online. 
You know, every disappearance I've covered, or anyone else has covered for that matter, it seems like there's always the obvious scenarios. The missing person left on their own accord and is living a life somewhere away from their previous life. There's the suicide theory, there's the abducted and held captive theory, and then there's the murder theory. Then you get into the super outlandish ones like the alien abduction theory and Granger Taylor, I'm looking at you. With Alexis's case, we know she was a great mom and she wouldn't leave her kids on her own accord. She was taking the steps necessary to move away and start over on her own with her children. However, if she felt her life was in danger, she certainly would have separated herself from them, as her mother Alberta mentioned. Was Alexis being followed? I mean, she told her mother she was, so we can't sit here and be like, well, no, she wasn't. I'm just wondering why police haven't said a word about this. To, to me, police did put in the work in the beginning, but they haven't released anything about the fingerprints on her car or her being followed or any cell phone data. Likely, they don't want to compromise the investigation. Alexis's car was a 2019 Honda Accord. It comes fitted with Honda Link. This is a cool program where you can get lots of data from the car, which would give us its every whereabout the night she disappeared. But unfortunately, it only comes with a three-month complimentary plan. After that, you have to pay for the subscription. And unfortunately, Alexis didn't have it activated. I'm completely stumped with this one and find it hard to pinpoint an exact theory. I believe Alexis met foul play that night. Her bonnet being found on the ground next to her car is disturbing. To me, it seems like Alexis was there at that spot at some point. Whether she was driving or someone else was driving her there, I don't know. But the bonnet being found on the ground just isn't right. I don't feel Alexis committed suicide. I think there's more of a chance that she left on her own accord rather than committing suicide. But I also feel like the number of people who disappear on their own and start over in a new life is not nearly the amount of people we wish that there were. There hasn't been a lot of new info or any sightings of Alexis in the last year and a half. Alexis left a trail of clues behind her. Many believe she was kidnapped as opposed to having some sort of psychotic break. I'm leaning towards the kidnapping theory as well. Alexis was scared, and I've said this a couple times, but again, I can't see her leaving her car in the woods by herself. Alberta has custody of both of Alexis's children. Her brother Travis, who has a large social media following as well, consistently posts about Alexis and states that she is still missing and all they want to do is bring her home. Lead detective Jason Fowler said of her case, I remain positive, and it's my hope and belief that Alexis is alive. It's important for me to work every day to locate her and bring her safely home to her children. If you have any info about the disappearance of Alexis Ware, please reach out to the Anderson County Sheriff's Office. I really hope we get some good news regarding Alexis and that it isn't just filed away as a cold case. She has two children who haven't seen their mom in 18 months and a family that misses her dearly. I hope wherever she is, that she's at peace. That's it for this week. Take care and much love to you all.